Welcome to Career Tools. This week, HR doesn't work for you. Part two, the conclusion. Here we go. Okay, HR shouldn't be my first stop. Why? Well, for two reasons. First, the one that we've already said that you don't want a reputation for being the person who goes running to HR every time you have a tiny right. little problem. And in most cases, your boss is much closer to you than HR is. Yes, both HR and your boss essentially are loyal to the company more than to you if they're doing their job ethically. But HR generally is at a higher level and you engage more political ramifications and more people will know, even if they say this is confidential. Sometimes HR people say it's confidential within HR and then everybody in HR knows And then their friends know because they're people, they're not angels. Not saying HR is devils, guys. Don't write me bad notes because nobody's an angel. Okay? So you get a reputation for being a difficult employee. And then further, you're responsible for relationships, right? I mean, who do we recommend somebody goes to if they have a problem? The first stop should be the person you have a problem with. So if it's your boss that's changed something that you don't like, they've moved your desk or uh, told you you're moving to a different building or changed your schedule or changed the kind of work that you're doing, all those things which are perfectly reasonable for them to do and perfectly legal, go to your boss and say, hey, I know you're allowed to do this and it's impacting me in these ways and can we talk about doing something differently? Okay. So the first stop is the person you have a problem with oftentimes could be your boss, right? Yeah. And and this is a case where the crux of this is you understand that your boss represents the company to you, but if you believe mistakenly that HR works for you and you go to HR, you've essentially gone to another person who doesn't work for you, and in fact, you've elevated the political climate. And now, by the way, and your boss may not have a relationship with HR, and so now, even though your boss knows HR doesn't work for you, he or she probably believes that you think HR will be an ally to you. And in fact, HR may engage in some behaviors that appear to be an ally to you. And if there's a disagreement between you and your boss and you have an ally, by definition, that means your boss feels that you have tried to trump her or him. Absolutely, because HR's relationship with an organization is usually someone higher than frontline or secondline managers. They usually know the VPs and the directors. So they won't go to your boss and say, hey, Bob's come and said he's got a problem. They'll go to the VP, who will go to the director, who will go to your boss, who will come to you right. and say, why the hell is the VP in my office? There you go. <laughs> you know, or sending messages to me about some work schedule problem that you've got. Why didn't you talk to me? Then you've got no chance of solving it amicably. Yeah, this also reminds me of um, a podcast we did last year and dedicated to a longtime friend and client of ours called Have You Talked to Them? Dave, the, the executive that referred, you know, reminded me of this. Like people come to him and say, well, I got a problem with this other person. Have you talked to them? And it's amazing how many times the answer is no. Um, so the first thing, obviously, is go talk to that person. So if it's not your boss, if it's a peer, go talk to the peer. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble with a peer and it doesn't work, you don't go to HR first. You go to your boss. Now, you better have a good story about how hard you work to resolve the problem with your peer. It can't just be an email. 
And by the way, I assume we're not going to recommend that people just go to complain about their boss when their boss does something they don't like. No, <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. And what, what a lot of people say is, is this legal? Is it legal that my boss can tell me what to wear? Is it legal that oh. he can change my pay? Is it legal that he can tell me where to have my lunch? Um, is it is it legal that he can tell me when I have to be available on the telephone? And the answer to those questions invariably is yes. Managers don't tend to do things that are illegal in organizations because there's policies, again, to prevent them doing things which are against the organization's right. interest, which doing illegal things is against the organization's interest. Yeah. So people get this, oh, it's all right because it's going to be illegal and therefore I'll have this support. And then I'll just yeah. go to my boss and say, you have to change that because it's illegal. Yeah. And when you go talk to your friends and you say, I think my boss did something illegal. He did this, right? And you put a bit of an extra spin on it. And your, direct, so your buddy says, yeah, yeah, I think you may be right. Generally, one of the reasons they're your friends is they agree with you when you're in times of crisis. Okay. Your friends are probably not <laughs> the people you need to be asking for legal advice and guidance. Okay. And Wendy's right when she says, yeah, it's probably legal, right? If your first thought is, I think what my boss doing is, is, is doing is illegal, your first thought should be Mark and Wendy would say, you're just wrong. Okay. The chances that you're right are one in a million. It Absolutely. happens, but it's probably not happening to you. Okay. So our guidance then, interestingly, is we don't go to HR first, but we do want to make friends with HR. We do make, want to make friends. So we've, so far, we've made them seem like the enemy no, they're not the enemy. We try to, we're trying to square the circle carefully. Yeah, but we're saying they're not on your side. They don't keep confidences, you know. But that doesn't mean, as you were saying, that doesn't mean you can't be friends. It doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with a person in HR or more than one person in HR. The person that deals with your organization, a person that you've met on a training course, a person that happens to walk past your desk or share a water cooler with you. You know, there's lots of opportunities to meet people in HR and just say, hi, I'm Wendy. I work down there. It's nice to meet you. And then the next time you see them, you know, how's your day going? Whatever, until you, you can, they know who you are and you know who they are, they are. And there's a little bit of a relationship so that if you do have a question, you can go to them and say, hey, I know you can't keep this in confidence, but my boss says I have to wear a long sleeve shirt to work. Do, do I really? Is that okay for him to be asking? What do you recommend I do? Rather than I think my boss is doing something illegal and I want to report it. Good. What's next? Okay. So as I said, if you have a problem and you've already tried to solve it with your boss or with the peer or whoever, and if it's with a peer and then you've also gone to your boss, then approach the person you know, the person that you have a relationship with informally. You can't go with hypotheticals. You can't say, well, hypothetically, if my boss said he was reducing my pay, would that be allowed? Because they don't have enough information. Like, why is he moving, changing your pay? When's he changing it? What right. else is changing? Is your job changing? You know, all, are your hours changing? There's all sorts of other pieces that they need. And so you have to, you have to give them enough information to give you the right answer. Yeah, I, I would actually say, to some degree, the definition of an informal contact is, help me understand what I'm not seeing here. 
hey, look, you're knowledgeable about this stuff, and I'm not. Here's the situation I'm in. Maybe I'm not seeing it right. Can you help me understand this a little bit? There's an enormous difference between help me understand this or I'm just not knowledgeable about things like this versus can he do that? Is it right? Is this a violation of something? Do I have a case? Those kinds of yes-no questions immediately cause HR to have red flags go up and say, we have a conflict here and I'm being asked to choose sides. I'm asked to quote the law, quote the process, quote the policy, quote the rule, and that makes it formal, okay? Because if you're asking yes or no questions, you're suggesting that there is a distinction, that there is a divergence between you and your boss, and therefore a yes or a no, there's a right and a wrong answer in the mind of a person. Whereas if you say, hey, help me understand this, that's what you would ask a friend. You wouldn't ask a friend, yes or no, can this other person do that? Because the friend will go, well, kind of depends, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. But when you ask HR, your friend, this question, and you say black or white, is it yes or no? If they're going to tell the truth, they're going to tell you the yes or no. And they recognize they're immediately choosing sides. But you can approach informally. You don't, again, you don't, you don't use the, the hypothetical situation. Hey, my boss has changed my work hours, and they're difficult for me. Some things have changed in terms of when I first started. Rather than saying, can you make him change him back, or what recourse do I have, or is this legal, or can he do that, or I'm going to have to quit if somebody doesn't fix this, you say, can you help me understand what limits, I mean, do I have anything, is there anything maybe we could do, or... I don't understand the situation, what are the rules, and so on. That's an open-ended question. There's a big difference between what I call analog and digital questions. Digital questions are yes or no, one or zero or five or seven or 3.4. Analog questions require, or expansive questions, reflective questions, uh, reflective, questions that require reflective answers rather than dispositive answers, dispositive meaning the answer disposes of the question by giving you a clear yes or no. Answers that require discussion are much better, much more informal. Think of yourself as trying to discover the situation rather than paint the situation in black and white. Yeah. If you think about something that you don't know anything about, so I don't know anything about plumbing. And if I knew someone who was a plumber and I said, hey, my hot water runs hot and then it runs cold, what should I do? What clues do you have about what might be going on? I wouldn't say, hey, my water, water runs hot and cold. It must be broken. Yeah. It must be. Can there you must fix be it? Something. Yeah. Can you fix it? You know, and the problem, I think, is that people assume that they know something about HR. They have, you know, they know something about employment law because they do, because it touches them occasionally. So they go to the they go to people with the idea that they already have the answer and they just want it confirmed rather than knowing that they probably only know where the tail of the elephant is and there's a whole bunch more of things that you need to know. Yeah, so asking questions like, can you help me understand this? Would you give me a recommendation on what to do? Can you educate me on what my options might be? Can you help me see this in a different way because it's pinching me a little bit here? I'd really appreciate some help. As opposed to seeing them as an enforcer of what you believe is right or wrong. 
Um, the more you make it right or wrong, yes or no, black or white, the more likely you are to discover the HR is not on your side. And unfortunately, now you've identified yourself as there are 10 people who work for your boss. Nine of them didn't complain, and you did. And HR knows that. And if you think HR is going to forget that, if they don't have any other interaction with you, and they know that, the next time you go to HR, someone's going to say, well, maybe we got a boy who cries wolf here. Yeah. Okay. That said, we approach informally, but ultimately, if we do have to talk to HR, we have to remember they're not our friend, even though they might have a relationship. They don't work for me. They work for the company, but I may still have to ask them an official question. Yeah. As a last resort, if you've tried to resolve it with the person, you've tried to resolve it with your boss, you've tried to resolve it informally, uh, if there's still friction between what you want and what the company wants, then you have to make it official, whatever the policy is in your company for official. And official things become big things very quickly. Processes and procedures and forms in triplicate usually for grievances or harassment cases or discrimination cases. I looked up the policy for the state of Virginia and a grievance which might even not be legal has to have two attorneys present at the meeting and there's like <laughs> there's like eight different people that have to be there and two attorneys and how much is an attorney an hour so yeah. you know and you might not even be right that your boss was harassing you or in fact most of the the, the state of virginia lists all the cases and what happened and it's amazing how many of them were not upheld for the employee the company wins 90 percent. oh of the, the company always wins yeah you really have to have a story that if you told your friends, mouths would hang open and they would be texted to other people. And that doesn't mean short sleeve or long sleeve shirt. No. Okay. It would mean finger in your face, calling you a vulgar name and then physically threatening you. That would cause your friend's mouths to hang open. Those are the kind of cases that are found in favor of the plaintiff or the the person bringing the grievance. And you share with me that the, the records, the grievance, they're 25, 30 pages. They're not short. It's, it's not trivial. It is not trivial. Not at all. Yeah. So, guys, HR exists to help the company, and they can be a benefit to you. The better relationship you have with them, the better. But if you go to HR and say, I want help suing, remember, it's a bit like going to the prosecutor if you're guilty of something and saying, I want help. <laughs> HR won't, won't, doesn't like that analogy, but the analogy isn't wrong, but it's helpful to you to understand the distinction. Yeah. Going to HR officially gets you on a train that you yeah. probably can't stop. Yeah. You will lose control of the situation. You will lose, they, they have obligations to talk to other people. They have obligations to potentially bring other people involved. And, and if you're talking to HR and you're three levels down, they work for the VP. Mm-hmm who represents your division. The VP talking to the director who talks to your manager, as Wendy alluded to earlier, that's that's painful. Good, okay, so can you summarize for us? I can. So uh, remember, HR protects the company. Don't make HR your first stop. Make friends with HR. Relationships, good relationships with HR are a plus. Yeah, approach your contact informally and make your questions official as a last resort. Yeah. If you ever see advice that says go to HR, be careful. Think again. Don't do it. 
Come to our forums and ask. The question you ought to ask is, have I done everything I can before I go to HR? Official complaints set off a chain reaction. Recognize the chain reaction starts with people whose first loyalty is not to you. We love HR that's done well. But if you think they're on your side, you're mistaken, and you will engage in behaviors that are not beneficial to you. And HR doesn't want that any more than we do, or certainly you do. Thanks, Wendy. That's a classic, right? That was fun. I'm glad we did it. 30% of our audience will have their mouths hanging open. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Bye, everyone. That's it, everybody. Hope you understand now that HR wants to support you, but really they work for the company. And that means you have to be careful sometimes. See you next week. 